Good morning. Do you want to highlight two things from there? One next week is the potluck. Uh, last time we had it, it's old school. It's hot dish, which in the South we say casserole. That was new for me coming up here. Tater tot hot dish, which is how we'd say it down South if it was our thing. But it's your thing. So tater tot hot dish, tater tot hot. Yeah, you obetcha, whatever. Hot dish, <laughs> something good. Um, but um, if you want to come, Bring, I think the deal is bring a main dish and a side or a dessert and bring extra because we would love it if somebody shows up next week and they're like, oh shoot, I didn't bring anything. And then we want you to stay anyway, because it was a sweet time last time just sitting, talking with people, stuffing our faces with food and you know, it's great. It's old school. It's, it's how we do community. So we'd love for you to do that. Second is I would love to show you if you need help with the app <clears throat> on how to use the we're asking you to join us in the daily prayer rhythm. And it's, it's very simple. Actually, I don't need the app anymore. I don't even need the reminder, not because I'm super spiritual, but it's just like the Lord's kind of just been prompting me. Um, but morning, we pray through the Lord's prayer and it's thematic. You don't just like say it and you're done. It's, you actually, it gives you a prompt and you think through things. And I have, I, things are happening. I told you this last time, things are happening. Things are happening to me. Can't stop it. Things are happening, but it's good. That God is actually doing some changing and he's uh, like moving me to places. And then I'm listening to different people teach on certain things, which before maybe would have had me in a place of like, Meh. and now I find myself listening. And I'm like, oh, that's, 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 that's a good point. And then I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I was such a putz before on this and softening my heart, just doing good things. And so we're in this best prayer ever series. Uh, and we thought we would continue it through Christmas. And some of you may be like, man, get it over with. I'm so uncomfortable with prayer. Good. Me too. That's why we're going. And best Christmas prayer ever. If you could ask Jesus for anything today, and he would say, yes, what would it be? All I want Lord, is this to happen? Maybe this year, the gift that you can give him is actually just to start talking to him, <laughs> just to begin having a conversation. Imagine if in a relationship, marriage or friendship, if you never talked to the person. Well, they know I love them. They know I'm for them and that I'm with them. They don't need to hear me talk to them. Would we ever do that? No, we wouldn't. The Lord wants to talk to you as well. And so I want to say this. I've, bless you. I've loved hearing your experiences with this, both good and bad. I've had people, we do our Wednesday morning prayer, 6 a.m. here. It's early. It's sleepy. We're tired. We all kind of walk in and we're like, hey, Fred. Hey, Ralph. I mean, it's that kind of thing. The old cartoon is like, yeah, here we are punching the clock. But there's also this place where people kind of have this like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try prayer and see what happens. And there's an expectation where I'm getting to this place and I'm like, what's up, Ken? Ken's one of my buddies. He's there, Ken McClatchy, every time. Joe's there. Like it's, there's just, there's becoming some regulars and then we get new people and we're like, hey, we don't want to make you feel weird, but hey, because it's, it's something's happening where God is actually doing some things. And I've also heard some conversations. I had lunch with somebody this past week, a good friend who said, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't want to do it. I don't think anything's happening. And I actually like that. 
I like that they're saying that. I like that they're, because here's what I found. When you hit a wall, that is the growth edge. That usually is the thing that you say, no, Lord, not going anywhere on this. He's like, all right, we're in business then. That is the place. And so for me, I've shared with you, it was prayer. Kind of baggage with prayer, all this weird stuff, too formal, too zealous, too whatever. And the Lord's just like, let's talk about it, Chad. Let's go there. So what is prayer? Simply, it's conversation. It's conversation between you and God. It's talking and listening. Sometimes you don't have to use words. Uh, why do it? He asked you to. <laughs> I mean, if you bring it down to the, even if you can't figure out the, the mechanics of how it's happening and how does it get answered? And if I don't know all these things, at, a, at the very least, Jesus has said, will you pray? We know in scripture, he says, lift up holy hands and pray. He tells us, do it. He also actually says, it will be effective. The prayer of a righteous person. Let's go KJV. Availeth much. What are they saying? It works. It's effective. Now you may have a part of you that's like, mm, I don't know. But Jesus is saying, it, it will work. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Ask anything in my name and I'll do it. I think also it's oxygen. Right now, you, have been, you haven't been thinking about your breathing. But now you are. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that guy's loud breather. He's open mouth breather next to me. Right? We start, then you start thinking, and then you start thinking about your heart beating. You're not thinking about keeping your heart going. But now you are. It's like, oh, yeah. It is, it's, just, it's just doing it. It's just continuing. But if I took away your ability to breathe, what would your body do? Eventually, yes. Spot on. <laughs> but at first, what is our response? You're at the bottom of the lake. You've swum, you swim down and you've kind of run out. You, you've misjudged it. And what are you doing? <laughs> What are you thinking about as you're going to the top and your lungs are burning, burning, burning? <gasps> when you get to the top, you want to breathe. Prayer is spiritual oxygen. At least this is what he tells us. Now, our experience of it may not be that yet. I'm starting to get there, but it's in and out. It's heartbeat. It's, it's this sustaining power of the one who made you and loved you and called you into existence and who can't wait to be with you. But we aren't convinced, are we? Because it's difficult. Because we would like to call, actually, 1972. And so I was still, I was a kid when we had not just the push button phone, but this one, 922-8734, if you want to call me in Tennessee, in Halls. That was my number. One of the first things I memorized, 922-8734. We want to call and say, Lord, like, it's funny, back then you do this, right? Nobody has a phone like this anymore. We're like, <laughs> different cultural things. Like, imagine, just, just take that simple thing to talk about trying to communicate over cultures and time and history. If you were like, hey, somebody may be like, I am so offended. <laughs> or if you're like, they're like, 
But culture, like time and stuff, there's things like that. But we want to get on the phone this way, this way, however, and say, Lord, are you there? Hello? Hello? We want to know somebody's on the other end. There's a guy named Paul Miller. He wrote a book on prayer, and he says, American culture is one of the hardest places in the world to pray. Congrats. Here we are. We all live here. (laughs) It's one of the hardest places in the world to pray. Why? We're busy. We prize accomplishments and production. And that's just talk. What do we, what's one of our phrases we say? Enough talk. Show me something. Do something. Quit talking so much. We value intellect, competency, efficiency, wealth, money can do what prayer does and probably faster. That's us. That's why it's hard. It's difficult. What if we're looking at it wrong? This is a question he posits in the book. And I don't know about you when I have a book, so I have Kindle most of the time now, but this one's actually a hard copy, and so I've got a pen, and I'm like, mm-hmm, circling. <laughs> yeah. Because, this, you know, you feel it. I love feeling these things when I'm reading. And so he said, what if prayer is supposed to be more like dinner with good friends and family? And I like good food. I mean, I can talk barbecue with you and just chocolate stuff. Yeah. I mean, I can, we, can talk, we can talk, we can hang out and probably talk for a good half hour on just food. But there's something even beyond the food where it's like the people where you just want to sit there, where you just want to, you finish and you don't want it to end. And you push back the dishes and then dessert comes. <laughs> but you still, it's just like, let's just stay. No, no, let's just stay. Let's talk. Let's hang out. You want to linger. Prayer feel like that to you? My grandparents would take us out to lunch on Sunday. They went to a different church. They went to a Methodist church. We went to a Presbyterian church. But I knew if I was good, if I sat straight in the pew and actually pretended to listen and nod my head and all that kind of stuff. My brother-in-law used to cross things out in the bulletin. <laughs> when he was growing up, he's like, that's done. That's done. He's sitting there waiting for the pastor to finish so he can cross off the sermon. <laughs> but you know, if I'm good, we might get to go out after. And my grandparents would take us. It was on the other side of town, but man, it was worth it. Like I could, I just feel it. Church is over. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm only like 10 or 11. But you know where we're going? Western Sizzler. <laughs> this is like, so this is pre where we are now, where we all are pretty sophisticated with food and we can share recipes and this French way and this Italian. We all know that kind of stuff. We can do that now. We know how to like make our own whatever, all these things. Okay. But back then it was like Western Sizzler. What? As, an, as a 10-year-old, you go in there and it's like this, just ama- you go through this line. It wasn't a sit down. You go through the line and you tell them what kind of meat you want. And device capable of audio playback. Siri, what in the world? No, Siri. <laughs> you know, it's so funny on Sunday mornings when I'm getting ready. My watch is right there and I've used it to, because the great thing about an Apple watch is it will just vibrate. It doesn't wake up your wife. So, yay, good job. 
But I, I have it in the bathroom. I'm like, if I put that on, if I put that on, it's going to go off in the sermon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to think I'm talking to it. So anyway, Sizzler, I'm standing in the, not you, Sizzler. Um, and you get those, you know those plates, the metal plates, the heavy metal plates. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been on, it's like they say they keep your food warm forever and they feel heavy, which means whatever's on it is important. <laughs> And so as a kid, I would always pick sirloin tips. I was like, can I get the tips, granddaddy? Yes, you can get the tips. And the fries, the big fries that are crispy. And I, yes. And I would sit at that dinner with my family and I was like, this is heaven. I don't, I don't want to leave here. This is the place. This is where I want to sit. And then take that to Christmas or Christmas dinner with my grandparents and what that meant and the gifts after dinner, all that kind of stuff. It's like times a hundred. And I was like, yes, this is life. This is, so when he said that, maybe prayer is supposed to be like dinner. I'm like, show me how to get that. Show me how to get that. That's what I want. I want to sit and I don't want to leave. I want to be, I don't want it to be like I'm counting down. I'm trying to get through it. I want it to be like, oh, it's over. I got to go do work now, man. Lord, that was so sweet. Those tips were awesome. I want to be with you. So I want to introduce you today to two people who I think were having great Western sizzling prayers for years. They were just like eyes wide, steak fries, sirloin tips, sit around the table, talk to Jesus, talk to God, believe great things. But when you meet them in scripture today, they have long left the sizzler. They are eating oatmeal and it's not even hot it's cold it's set up as mortar where the spoon is in there and you could pick up the bowl and hold it and it wouldn't it wouldn't come out it's old it's tired it's weary meet Zechariah and Elizabeth Luke chapter 1 verse 5 in the days of King Herod of Judea that's the author's way of doing what Dickens did. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Okay. In the days of Herod of Judea, everybody's like, oh, Herod, putz. Okay. So just when you read that, don't just skip it. It's the author's way of telling you, eh, it's a pretty bad time. It's a pretty bad time. There was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron. Ooh, double, double priest line. And her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous, not meaning they were perfect, but means they were leaning in. They're trying to follow the Lord in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children. Right there, you should have little bells going off. Ding, 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 ding. And if your mind was a, like, looked look like a web page and you had hyperlinks, anybody know hyperlinks are? We go to web pages and it's like, you can't read an article without like seeing six people that write blog posts with like all these hyperlinks. You're like, can you just write one thing and not link to every other thing in the world? <laughs> but you should have hyperlinks going off here. They don't have kids. Hmm, where have I heard that story before? Elizabeth could not conceive. Both of them were well along in years, nice, when his division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. 
At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. No Western Sizzlin here. This is oatmeal days for Elizabeth and Zechariah. It's the days of Herod. They're in captivity. But those thought bubbles, those hyperlinks should be going off. Are there other people in the Bible who could not have kids, who a promise for them to have kids meant something? Yes. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel, Elkanah and Hannah. This is a theme, Lord. And so when you read it in Luke, your mind is supposed to go, ah, that is this. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do. That's the way the Bible's written. It's supposed to draw you in to say, is something happening here? So it's not just coincidence. These are literary clues. They're beautifully crafted by the Holy Spirit and the author Luke. The Bible is both divine and human. I don't know if you knew that. He does use the personalities of the authors, but the Holy Spirit makes sure what got put down was what you needed to hear about Jesus. And so it's great storytelling, but it's also beautiful storytelling because it is telling you, hint, hint, this is about you too. This story is about you too. So we've got a barren couple. We have an old couple. They're weary. They have oatmeal prayers. We've been praying, which by the way, if you've listened to the sermons I've given in this series, all three best prayers that I've picked. First one, last minute prayer on the cross. Second one, midnight prayer. Wow, that's kind of late. Third one, oatmeal. Best prayers ever. Best prayers ever are the ones that are running on fumes. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not put out. This is our God. And so this is where they are. We've been praying. We're tired of praying. Is God ever going to do anything? This is as much about prayer as, as, as it is about time. Now, the Bible has two ways to talk about time. There's chronos time, tick, 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 time passing. Ugh. God didn't do it. It's over. But it's also about time arriving. That is Kairos time, which is the Bible's way of saying time that is pregnant. Something's about to happen. And so the moment comes, even though they're old, even though they've been waiting, even though they're tired of praying. Of the 16,000 priests in Jerusalem, let me say that again. Of the 16,000 priests in Jerusalem, it just so happens. Just so happens that Zechariah is sitting there one morning and he hears B5, B5, anyone? C2, 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 bingo, 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 it's me, it's me. Zechariah gets picked. He's chosen by Lot which sounds spiritual and biblical, but it's, it's bingo, folks. It's God's way of using something that was random to make sure that the old guy who's tired of praying gets picked on the day to pray for everybody. And what he's about to do, he will do once in his whole, he's never done it before. And after he does what he's going to do today, he'll never do it again. That lets you know how important it was. It wasn't some random thing where Elizabeth was like, hey, okay, have a great day at work. Oh, I heard you got picked. That's awesome. Wonderful. Go pray. That's not what's happening. It's like, what? Really? Okay. Okay. 
Everybody listen, he's been picked. Everybody, Zechariah's been picked. He's been picked. This is it. This is your moment. This is your moment. And he's like, for real? Okay. That's the, the level of excitement and what's happening here. Once this happens, he'll never do it again. It was a huge deal. And what was his duty? To go in to the temple and the altar of incense to stir the flame, get the flames going again, get that aroma rising to God because the altar of incense was a symbol of the prayers of the people and it was never to go out. It was always to be burning. And so the priest's job was to go in and to make sure it's still burning. And we know because it says all the people are outside praying. They're not sitting at home saying, hey, have a great day at work. They're praying too. They're hoping it goes well. And today is his day. Zechariah, Chad, put your name in there. You've been chosen. I don't care what's happened. I don't care how much you hate prayer. I don't care that you don't think I answer. You've been picked today to pray. Everyone is counting on him to do this well. Zechariah and Elizabeth, even in their difficult moment, as well as us, we could probably all fill up that conversation with our difficult moments and unanswered prayers and difficult things that we're going through right now, he was still picked to come and offer incense, to pray. That's what he's saying. You have been asked. God has said, will you pray? Will you pray? Zechariah, it's your day to go to the Western Sizzler. Do you want to come? You're about to have steak on a metal plate. <laughs> Will you do it? This is God's invitation. So I think it, the question is just as we think about him, just to start, how about us? Are we believing? Even if we're so tired of it, are we believing that we've been chosen to stand before a holy God who loves us, who's crazy about us, who has amazing plans for the world and wants to talk to us? Will we do it? Will we lean in? Hold that thought. Let's see what happens to Zechariah. Verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. So when you read that, don't do the Sunday school boring Bible voice. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Ah, and he was like, wow, this is amazing. Whenever an angel shows up in the Bible, people probably need to change. We'll just say that nicely. They are terrified, terrified. And so don't read it nicely. Angel of the Lord appeared, standing to the right of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. I'm going to die. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. What prayer? Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. That prayer? <laughs> I haven't prayed that seriously in so long. That's, so, that's more than oatmeal, God. That's been concrete forever. Yeah, that prayer. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you. Many will rejoice at his birth. He'll be great in the sight of the Lord. I think Zechariah at this moment is going, what? Are, you know this is me, right? <laughs> you know this is me, Lord. Look, me? 
He will be great in the sight of the Lord, will never drink wine or beer. Don't be a dummy and take that verse and think it's like something you can pull out and beat somebody over the head. That was a, that's a clue as well to say it's a Nazarite vow. It's somebody who will be set apart and holy. It's not so that you can say, see, he didn't drink wine or beer. That means somebody should drink wine or beer. Boom. That's not how we use God's word, okay? It's a very Western way to use God's word, but it's not how we use God's word. We're going to be more nuanced. We're going to read it, understand what's happening here. He's saying he's going to be set apart. He's going to be special. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Before I move on, I'm going to read that sentence one more time. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in our world and our culture that deals with life. When does life begin? Laws to protect life. All those things are really important conversations and very complex. But God's word tells you that's how he thinks of it. That's how he thinks of it. Now, the application of that, don't go like you're doing with the pull in the beer and the wine verse. I'm going to go hit people with this then. No. No, but it should inform your prayers for sure. John the Baptist is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit still in utero. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. That right there would have been a hyperlink in Zechariah's mind to say, what? No, not hit. Oh my goodness. Because Elijah meant Messiah. Whoever's coming in the spirit and power of Elijah means the Messiah is coming. So he's starting to get excited. Turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. The first section, we talked about time, how long it had been, how it was unexpected, how tired they were. But eternity crashed into temporary. Now we see that the local physical space that they inhabit. And I want you to think about Winona. I want you to think about your town, Fountain City. I want you to think about your house right now. I want you to think about a space in your house. I want you to think about a chair in your house and that it's got a spot on it that needs to be cleaned, whatever. Like you think of something very specific that is yours, that you know, and we see that God is invading local space. He's stepping in. How do I know this? Where was the angel standing? Do I remember it? To the right of the altar. This is not, yeah, there was an angel. It was amazing. There was an angel standing right here. This spot in this temple in front of my eyes. And did he see him? Why, yes, he did with his own eyes. He was terrified. Did he hear him? Yes, he did. Eternity broke in to local space. That's what God is doing. He's peeling back the veil. Cracks are being formed somehow between this realm and that realm. And he's seeing something happening. Zechariah, God has not only chosen you to come into his presence, but he is invading yours. In fact, he's invading time and space to rescue the world. And you're going to be a part of it. Zechariah, after all these years, all these prayers, some were great. Others were, yeah, oatmeal. But guess what? This prayer is the one. This one's doing it. This prayer is the one. Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. What should I do with this? How should I think about this? So I just think, oh, that's great. Zechariah is an important person. John the Baptist is an important person. Now we're done. 
No, the Holy Spirit should stir you. And was, as I thought about this story this week and considered Zechariah in this place and his struggles, you know what I thought? I heard the Spirit of God say to me, hey, Chad, how about one more prayer? Just one. How about you come talk to me just one more time? And I would do it and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to. And I would do it. And then the next moment he'd say, how about one more? Because this one could be the one that tips the bowl. What do I mean? Revelation 5. I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne. Who's that? That's Jesus. Okay. It's not meant to be literal. That'd be weird. Okay, you're not supposed to read the read Revelation and things like that in a literal way. I'll show you why. Uh, four living creatures among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not looking. You're so like, I mean, just think about it. Okay, but it is trying to speak to something true, though, something real. So when you see things that are symbolic, so. I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne, the four living creatures among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Thanks for helping out there, John, of the one seated on the throne. And when he took the scroll, now this is after John has been crying and weeping because there's nobody to carry out God's will on the earth. There's nobody righteous. Nobody will get it right. Everybody ends up sinning. We're toast. And an elder puts his hand on John's shoulder and says, hey, 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 hey. Wait, look, this is that moment. This is the slaughtered lamb standing up before the father, taking the scroll out of his hand. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls. Are you telling me there's real bowls in heaven? No. <laughs> but what I am saying, because what is in those bowls? Here's what it says. Filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Not special saints, just ordinary saints. People that know Jesus. People that have accepted his life, death, resurrection, and are anticipated his coming back. A bowl for real. My prayers are in a bowl, maybe. But symbolically, what it's trying to say is, what does he do with your words? He keeps them. And then Revelation 8 tells us that eventually when God wants to do something on the earth, something huge and carry out his will, what happens? The prayers are tipped. Your prayer may just tip the bowl. Well, probably the good ones, right? Well, let's see. Whoa. Yeah, I don't pray that way. Very, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. It's one of Chad's prayers. <laughs> it's like a fortune cookie prayer. It's so oatmeal, you wouldn't even believe it. But it's in there. It's in there. He treasures your voice. He wants to hear from you. And I don't know why, but this is how he does things. This is how he does that he accomplished. Can God do whatever he wants without any of us? Yes. Has he decided to do it with us? Yes. 
He has said, pray. I want you as a part of this. So Zechariah's prayers for a baby, prayers to be faithful, prayers for Israel to be free. I don't know, for the Messiah to come. Guess what? The angel says, it happened. Your prayer has been answered. Which one? <laughs> yes. You're going to have a baby and the Messiah is coming. How does that work? Why does God work that way? You're going to have a baby and the Messiah is coming. Zechariah and Elizabeth, you will have a supporting role in the events that will lead to God saving the world. You up for it? You ready? God could have done this a hundred other ways, but he chooses an old man and a woman who is well along in years, who can't have a baby, and he uses what many of us might just label as talking to the air. Prayer to do it. Prayer doesn't really work, though. Does it? So how does Zechariah respond to this news? Let's look at verse 18 as we finish here. <clears throat> how can I know this? Uh-oh. <laughs> this is one of those uh-oh moments in Scripture. Because we know what happens next. It's like he seems to get in trouble. I'm rethinking this a little bit this week as I've meditated on this passage of Scripture. Which, by the way, the Bible is not meant for you just to go in secret and read it on your own and then come out and never talk about it. It is actually meant to be read aloud in community. And it is meant to be read over and over and over. It's meditative literature. It's not you going to the DMV and getting something done and being like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. It's something that will change you. And so as I've looked at this story this week, guess what? Meditated on it. I was like, I think there's something going on here that's a little more than like a rebuke to Zechariah. But he does seem to be in trouble at the beginning. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. I'm an old man and my wife is old. My wife is, she's beautifully well along in years. <laughs> He's a smart man, isn't he? He doesn't say she's old. I noticed that right away. Nobody says that about you are old. No, you do not say that. I'm old. My wife is beautifully well along in years. Even in front of the angel, she's not even there. Good job. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. Do a little Google search on Gabriel. He shows up in the Old Testament. He's the one who tells Mary and Joseph. Pretty important, dude. I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent. This is the part where usually we think, ooh, he's in trouble. You will be unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. Hey, you think he fell? He is old. You know there were people. There are always people. I know some of you. <laughs> it's supposed to be serious and all spiritual, and people are outside all praying. You know, there were some guys just cracking jokes like, he totally went down. He's... I, he's so old, I'm always wondering if he's going to stay upright just when he's walking around. So they're wondering, what's going on? Why is it taking so long? This doesn't take this long. Church never takes this long. Don't read past those details. They're there for a reason. When he did come out, he couldn't speak to them. They're like, I told you, dude had a stroke or something. He's like, Whoa. he's gone. Okay, they're just thinking this stuff through. He's making signs to them. They're like, he's lost it. Oh my goodness, what's going on? 
and he couldn't speak. When the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. So the reason I think he's not in trouble is this isn't an unusual request. In the Old Testament, you got guys all the time saying, can you give me a sign though? How about, don't get mad at me. Can I ask you for one more, just one, just one more sign, Lord. God's like, sure, sure, sure. Zechariah says, hey, how can I know? No! No, it's not. I just, it, you got to look, you read scripture with scripture. And so something else is happening. Something for his good, something for the people. We live in a culture right now that likes to share everything Everything. Everybody's got an opinion about everything. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to say something. And so what do we have happen? Gabriel says, you're going to actually not be able to talk for a while. And we know from the text that he probably was also deaf. Verse 62 says that when they went to talk to him, people were making motions with their hands. Why not just say it to him? Hey, what do you think? No, they're like, hey, we wanted to talk to you. So he's probably deaf and mute. The word can mean both things. So God puts him in a womb. The Holy Spirit brought this verse to mind. Be still and know that I am God. That's a good thing. You want to know where to start with prayer? Silence. That's... Not too hard. Maybe it is, but be still. Listen. I think this is one of the best descriptions for prayer. Listen, Chad. Learned so much just in the last month or so of doing this, of just not trying to fill up the space with words and just sitting before the Lord and starting with, hey, here I am. And that's it. And just listening and waiting, waiting for him to just reveal his love for me, his heart, not having to fill everything up. I imagine Zechariah trying to tell Elizabeth that she was going to be pregnant without using words. <laughs> what? She's probably like, yeah. no, he said, no, no. Tears. For real? <clears throat> Beautiful. How much more was said in that moment with his inability to speak a sentence, with just motioning and just tears and probably a lot, probably a lot. Just as John the Baptist grew in Elizabeth's womb for nine months, so the life of God, the hope of God, the promises of Jesus would grow in a womb of silence for Zechariah. I bet he had some great conversations with the Lord because he couldn't hear anything else. He couldn't say anything else. Completely focused on what happened. I think that's a good place to start. So we're back to, I don't have Western Sizzler for you today as we come to the table, but it's better. 
It's better when I have those who are serving come forward. And we're going to do something that the church has done for thousands of years, uh, also because Jesus has asked us to. Uh, I think we've kind of mixed this thing up, though. I think we've made it so formal that we're afraid of it, when really, in the first century, it was just a meal. Like, you'd go to somebody's house, and they'd say, hey, we're going to remember today what Jesus did for us, and that he died. And they're like, wait, 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 what? You might have a friend over. They're, it's their first time there, but... The church gathered saying, hey, we're going to talk about this. We're going to listen and remember what Jesus did because he wants you at the dinner table. He wants you to speak to him. He wants to interact with you. So as they're passing that out, I want to read, um, as I always do, from the Old Testament to show you this is not something that was just made up. This was planned all along. Isaiah 53 And I think it's worth mentioning Isaiah was a prophet who said a lot, you can read, and who never really had anybody respond to him. How's that for preaching? Wouldn't that be fun? What'd you do? Yeah, I preached at this church and nobody liked it ever. My whole life. That's Isaiah. It wasn't until later that people started reading his stuff and saying, this is amazing. So his experience as he's writing these things down as people are like, you're so lame. You're so lame. We hate what you're saying. We can't stand it. And yet he wrote, this one who is to come will be despised and rejected. He'll be a man of suffering who will know what sickness is. He'll be like someone that everyone will turn away from in disgust. He'll be despised. People won't value him. Yet if the faith is there, the gift of grace is there, you will believe that he himself bore your sickness. He carried your pain, that he was actually struck down by God, a plan, afflicted, that he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities, that the punishment that we would witness on him would be for peace for us. We would be healed by his wounds. We all like sheep have gone astray. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter and like a sheep silent before her shearers. He did not open his mouth. Silence taken away because of oppression and judgment. Who considered his fate? He was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of our rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked. But he was with a rich man at his death. He had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him. Why? For us. So we could come to the table. So we could speak, so we could boldly approach the throne of grace where Jesus has gone before us. So that night when he opened their time Passover meal, he took bread, he blessed it, and then he broke it, gave it to them and said, take and eat. This is my body. Let's partake together.
He took a cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Let's partake together. Lord, we remember. We try to make sense of it. I bet there's a, as many people as there are in here, there are probably that many different experiences of relationship with you and what that looks like and the places we're at. Some in places of great hope today and faith, others in the depths, needing hope, needing faith. Lord, you invite all of us to speak. You invite all of us to come close. Lord, you say, I want to hear your voice. I want you to be a part of bringing about transformation, not only in your life, but in the people around you. Lord, thank you for um, picking us. Thank you for choosing us, Lord. We had nothing about us that made us deserving of your choice, but you have loved us anyway. God, thank you that our prayers are included in your plan. We don't understand why, but Lord, we'll, we'll believe it. And Lord, thank you for the gift of your spirit's restraint sometimes and maybe putting us in a place of where we just need to listen. No laboring, no coming up with the right words. Just listen while I work. Lord, while Zechariah sat in silence for nine months, John the Baptist was growing. Someone else was becoming a human as well. You, Lord, thank you, God. You work in spite of us and, uh, Lord, in just beautiful ways, Lord, you call us to walk with you. Lord, we thank you for the mystery of um, and the depth of who you are. We pray, God, as we just sing one more song together, that your spirit would be um, just encouraging us. Lord, we're so quick to say, what do I do now? We're, we're so Western. Uh, maybe we just, just pray, God, you would just encourage. You just, you would speak. We could be okay to be silent right now. We can listen, Lord. We can hear your voice. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you would like, we can stand together and sing, but you can also sit.